I love the game show host uh, vibe that you got going on with the with the handheld. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we're just having a nice little, you know, stand up comedy night. I need to get the. Was it Bob Barker who had that really long, yes. super? Or no, super wait, thin. No match game. I need that dude's microphone. You know who I'm talking about? Fucking match Gene game? Rayburn. Yeah, yeah. I, I need some Gene Rayburn mic action. Na 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 na. Da, 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 da. All right. Don't don't ever use that. <laughs> Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I am Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland nestled in the heart of cascadia we are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way covering bicycling trains transit adventures and life hacks there are no life hacks on the show come on (laughs) there never have been life hacks just for you there never will be (laughs) i don't know and today we have this is a life hack Flexibility is a life hack. Today we have not going down the West Coast, but going up and down the CNO with Tim Mooney. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone. This is a life I, hack. I'm in back. The sense, in the sense that life gave you lemons, and you said, "Yeah, I'll eat those lemons." It's true. <laughs> I guess I did to avoid scurvy, apparently, because that's the only thing that I haven't had to face in the most recent uh, thing. I mean, seriously, that's the only thing that we haven't had to deal with with us, right? right? Scurvy. Yep. How you doing? Hey, this is my 13th time on the Sprocket podcast. Oh, what could possibly yeah. go wrong? Right. Lucky number. Cheers Something to like lucky that. numbers. Cheers, Cheers to, that. to yes, lucky indeed. numbers. It's well, good to be back. I wish I were in Portland. Unfortunately, this was supposed to be a me being in Portland kind of show. But um, well, no, I'm on Tatooine, <laughs> according to my backdrop. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Zoom backgrounds are a life hack. You know, that that counts. Sure. <laughs> Not a life hack. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to count. Doesn't count. Sorry. Oh, OK. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll think, have to brainstorm. We'll come up with a good one. Maybe we can solicit we have from like our happy real... hour listeners. Yes. Do we have a, like a real fixed definition of what exactly is a life hack? Then a life hack is just whatever we want it to be. Well, if you want it in the negative, anything that appears on the show is not a life hack. Therefore, <laughs> therefore, wait, if if nothing is a life hack, then everything. Is well, a life everything, hack. nothing, no life hacks have appeared on this show. show therefore, you know, <laughs> fill in the blanks. I, I know. I, I know Brock's not here, but like. He he might argue that the fact that we get the show out each week now that that's a life hack. <laughs> that's in a life itself hack. could be. Look, you know, you put life hacks in every single episode, so people in a keyword search that are looking for a life hack podcast find this show and are bitterly disappointed. <laughs> I'm just telling you, the, the life oh, hack man. is finding the life hack in the show. This is the most time the word life hack has appeared in this show if you transcripted it. I'm just saying. Hi yeah. everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Sprocket Podcast episode, whatever this is. 213. 213? Wait. I, I thought it was on episode 400 no. or 500 You're, or something. Sorry. Like that. Sorry. 513. 
My memory may be dyslexic. Best show ever. Five. Th- What's yes. the topic today? I got, I got to listen to this later. What we are we were, talking about? We're talking. Yeah, I got to listen to this later. <laughs> we're, you're, you are talking about the, your trips up and down the CNO and why you ended up on the CNO. Yeah. So. Um, if you if you uh, follow my hijinks on uh, the Pedal Shift Project, you, you may may or may not know this. I, I do bicycle touring. Uh, for those of you who are new, to, who's this jerk who just comes on the show and acts like he owns it? You he's, know, he's a little too comfortable. A here. little too comfortable behind the mic here. Yeah. So uh, I do I do a bicycle touring podcast, and one of the things that I was going to do this spring, <laughs> haha, it just seems funny in retrospect, was I was going to go on a bicycle tour in Southern California. Uh, Wayback clock, set the wayback clock to 2014. I did the entire Pacific coast from Canada to Mexico, except for this one little teeny tiny piece of the Southern California coast because of a variety of different reasons revolving around a marine base, which we can get into if we care to. But I ended up doing some inland route and I did some extra mileage. And so I decided to skip this Camp Pendleton gap, which is a little tricky to do, and uh, took the train between Anaheim and Oceanside, right? So what I wanted to do was go and just do that little piece. It's literally the only part of the Pacific coast that I have not had wheels down on on a bike, uh, uh, and it would complete that little trip. Even though I always considered that I I did the whole Pacific Coast because with that trip, but I wanted to do it, and I had the time, and yeah. I had the ability, and I was going to fly into oh Santa Ana Airport, and I was going to you know shock and surprise my listeners go to Disneyland to go to the uh, uh, Star Wars land there because <laughs> literally a month before I did it in Florida, I was like oh I'm doing that again. So yeah. I was going to do all of that, and um, I don't know if you all have heard. <laughs> But there's this virus that has come out, and it's sort of changed some plans for folks. Wait, rumor has it. You mean Disneyland is not the happiest place on Earth? Disneyland is the most uh, deserted place on Earth. Well, amongst a variety of other places right now. But (laughs) it was really really interesting because, you know, I I was... I didn't release, I did a whole bunch of audio diaries around this and I was going to release them as part of this podcast and uh, series that I've been doing the tour journal, but I decided against it because it was a little too much. (laughs) And so I, I continued, uh, 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 you know, monitoring the situation, whatever. And eventually I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to cancel this thing. And then like within a day after I canceled my trip, uh, Disneyland announced its closure. Um, you know, which was kind of a good ratification of my decision yeah. in all of this. But um, yeah, it, it was just, it, it was, it was disappointing, but I was like, okay, well, you know what? The California coast is always going to be there, presumably minus, you know, other types of disasters like scurvy coming about. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, I thought, okay, what can I do? That's a responsible way to, replace that space because um, if anybody has listened to my show, you know that I get a little antsy every few months. I need to get out and do some kind of an adventure by bike. So um, I'm fortunate. I am lucky. I am uh, happily, uh, um, well, fortunate. I'll, I'll use fortunate again to be able to have a tour that's sort of ready outside my back door whenever I want. And that is the CNO trail, which if you're not familiar with it is a trail that starts in Washington, DC or ends in Washington, DC depending on your perspective, and goes all the way out to Cumberland, Maryland. Um, the funny issue about all of that is it actually comes relatively close to where I have a property and a cabin out in West Virginia, which is where I'm recording from right now. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I could do the trip that I've always thought about doing, which is to ride out to my cabin and back using the CNO. And uh, that was sort of the basis of the whole idea. And um, 
well, as many of my trips go, thing plans change. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't quite, I didn't quite you know, hit that mark. Um, but I ended up having what I think is going to be when I look back on it, one of my more memorable trips, um, just given that it, this was right at the beginning of all of the closures and all of the things that were going on. And I've been really fortunate that I've snuck in things right before they've been taken away. So I was going to ask, did they end up closing the scene? Yeah. That's well, I'll, I'll, let me, let me do the, the longer version of this. Okay. So I did a Florida bicycle trip in February, right? right. I did that. I did Disney world in February for a day. That's the, both of those I things. I want to dog gone. ear that. Cause I'm, I'm very oh, interested in how Disneyland and bikes kind of Kind of yeah, how's, how does that work all yeah. together? And, and so, and then I did, uh, I was planning to do the California trip and then uh, did this trip instead and thought, okay, well, this is all, you know, and I really thought about this because, you know, I've been, how do I say this and not sound like a jerk? I've been a student of coronaviruses now. <laughs> I've been, I've been really interested in pandemics for a really long time. I read a book about 20 years ago and I've talked about this on the pod. And in fact, a, a listener uh, uh, pointed this out to me. My episode number 174, I just passed uh, 202 recently. I actually talked about a book on pandemics that I was reading at the time. Yeah, for real. You can go back and check episode 174. Now, I mentioned this in the context of the show that I was talking about cholera and some other things, but it it was a book about pandemics. And so the listener was just like, dude, you were on top of this. And I'm like, (laughs) I've been reading about this stuff forever. Anyway, so I, I end up doing... I, I end up really struggling with the whole issue because, um, you know, flatten the curve and all that other kind of stuff. I take that very seriously. I mean, I'm, I'm very database and very science-based and all of this and listen to the scientists, not to politicians generally. I think that's probably a good way to go. And, you know, I, um, I, I, I ended up getting in the tour. The, the park service had the campsites open, but the water pumps closed. They closed the water pumps literally the day before I left um, after opening up them up for the spring early, which was kind that's of strange. Right. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I was all excited to go out and then a listener to the show who lives out uh, out this direction, actually, he uh, he sends me a message that says, yo, they just uh, shut down the water pumps. So I got on the Park Service website. So, of course, I had to throw in a a Sawyer uh, water filter and a few other things to kind of accommodate for that. But I get out there and not only did they close the water pumps, but they also said the day before that they had closed all of the bathrooms. And I thought... What are they? Are they really closing them? Closing them at the campsites? They're basically porta potties, right? Right, right. They're they're pit. Turns toilets, out, right? turns out they were dead serious about it. I thought, okay, maybe they would just say they're closed, but you know, they'd be there because I mean, these are all out in the sticks, right? They literally they they strap them shut, not with just like you know zip ties. They used metal um, straps on them. So yeah, those things were oh, wow. shut. Not that I intended to break into them, but they were definitely unless you had a real deal tool, you were not going to yeah. be able to get into them. But um, but the campsites were still officially open when I did the ride. Um, fast forward to maybe it was about a week later, maybe a a few days only after I had finished the ride, they closed the campsites. Interestingly, uh, the, uh, the park service, uh, the, the the local division of the park service, the CNO folks were following my ride because they were liking a lot of the photos that I put up. I wonder if they were like, <laughs> "Oh wait, this jackass is going out there now. Now there's going to be more people who are going to go." So maybe cool. I was I, I ruined it for everybody. But you know, I did, and of course, I documented this as I went along, and hopefully, right. the folks have been following on the pod that you know I did this in a responsible way, pack in, pack out, you know, backcountry style, and it was really interesting because that's not usually how I ride this trail, but uh, it was fun. That was a filibuster. Sorry if. You're good. Uh, so one thing I'm curious about is, like, you've ridden this trail so many times, and you you, you certainly talked about how it is different. Um, did the fact that you did have to pack in, pack out, like, 
change it drastically or did you feel like it was still pretty within wheelhouse? Because like sometimes it's interesting to visit the same place in different contexts. And maybe one good example of that would be driving to a place versus walking to it. Uh, did you feel like a disconnect or did you feel that you were able to appreciate or get more of the immersion of the trail because of these restrictions? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I don't think that it changed. And I, I think I remember saying this in one of the tour journals. I, I don't remember which one, but it really didn't change the writing too much. The The biggest change was frequently what I would do is you go through, you roll through some trail towns and there's always like, you know, a restaurant or a bar or something that you like hitting. And, and um, that's what I've kind of gotten comfortable doing on my yeah. rides. Now in this one, you know, I had to make some subtle changes and, you know, all right, I know I don't have access to water that tastes like iodine, boohoo, right? Um, so, you know, I had my water uh, filter with me. So that was a change. Um, I It's always pack in, pack out. There's no garbage bins um, on the trail at all. So that really wasn't that big of a change. The biggest change was... Um, backcountry um, human waste removal, shall we say. And, you know, that, that to me was not that big of a deal. Um, the one thing that I thought I was going to do was do the kind of cat hole technique. Right. It's not, it, the, the trail's not really well built for that. And before I left, I kind of abandoned that idea. And, you know, I've got dogs, folks. And again, not to get gross, but I'm used to picking up poop. So, you know, I did that and um, it was fine. It, it, it worked out just fine. And, uh, I, I, you know, my big worry when I, when I was out there taking care of my stuff in a responsible way was I was really concerned uh, and I continue to be concerned if there are people that are going to be out there that wouldn't take that much care to do it. And that's that's the, my hope is that um, there aren't folks out there being jerks and and not practicing good backcountry technique because you really have to now. Um, but with I think that that might have been one of the things that the Park Service thought about. Um, and by officially closing the campsites, not that there couldn't be people out there doing it anyways. There's really not a lot of policing of that. Um wild camping and whatnot, I'm right. sure would be possible. But, you know, I, I, I think that they probably took that into consideration that, you know, most people who would be out there doing it would probably practice good technique. But and if, you, if you could just get a couple of bad users, it's not so great. So the one thing I'll say, though, Guthrie, that, that about looking at it in a different way is what was really difficult for me was the fact that I'm used to going out there, especially if I do a midweek ride. And, and I had a, at least one day that was sort of quote unquote during uh, on a, a school day on a work day. And what I found was I couldn't get the solitude for long stretches of time that I really was craving and was looking for. There were a ton of day users out there and that even though I knew that was going to be the case and I talked about it, it's still it got in the way of what I wanted and what my kind of internal expectations are. So sort of like you can, you can uh, know it in your head, but in your heart, you really kind of want something different. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't until the third day when the weather was really terrible that people weren't <laughs> on the trail. And I was like, that's the day that was my favorite day. Yeah. And it was <laughs> like, the day that I rode right the longest. There. Yeah. And the other two days I rode short mileage and I got the second day I got into, there was another trail user who had gotten this nitty argument with me. And it was just like, you know, it's so it's so funny how um, all of gestures broadly, all of this has kind of like changed um, 
how things operate in even something as simple as a bicycle tour, which really should have been pretty close to the same with a couple of modifications that we talked about. You know, the fact that I was running into more people in places that I didn't expect them and in in, in a frequency that was more than normal just took me out of it for a little bit. And um, I, I think that, you know, finding a way to get to a truly kind of a bit of solitude, it took some doing. And finally I got there. If I had gone further out in the trail, I think I would have found that there's more, there's even more empty parts of the trail much further uh, to the West and North uh, from where I'm sitting right now, even out towards Cumberland. And I think I would have been happier if I had gotten out there, but you know, I just, it's funny, you know, um, I was riding really heavy. I had a lot of stuff. I was carrying a lot of water, a lot more gear than normal. And I just, I guess I just wasn't into doing the mileage that I'm used to doing. So yeah, it was just, it was just a really interesting ride. I think it said a lot about what my expectations were and what, what my thoughts were. And also I realized how heavy, I think a lot of this was hanging on me too. So Mm -hmm. just fascinating. And like I I think I said this uh, on the last episode, um, this was not, the best bike tour I've ever been on by any stretch may not even be in the top 10 or top 15, but it may be the most memorable. Yeah, definitely. I think there's things where like everybody that's been my observation, at least is like what you might not have taken time out of your day to go do in, you know, pre COVID life is now just like, Oh, I really need to get out there, you know? Mm. And so you're actually seeing like more people, uh, in these spaces and there can be some zone for conflict there. Um, I don't know, like not to like get into the nitty gritty of your conversation, but like that's definitely something I think about is like when I, we were talking about like, are people having COVID dreams earlier? I think uh, maybe before we launched into the show and like, I haven't had COVID dreams, but I've had a lot of like imaginary conversations about <laughs> certain behaviors that I have yeah. and yep. like, yeah. how I would interact with other people and like either justify myself or just be like, no, stay six feet away, you know, and especially on a trail environment when people are just kind of like really trying to maybe in my, in and in maybe how I perceive it, get a uh, one last hurrah before it ratchets down even more um, theoretically or, or has a potential to, um, that can be a pretty big conflict zone that wouldn't exist in a different uh, situation. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's exactly right. And, and, you know, we're all dealing with stuff in our own way. Right. You know? And so I think that, you know, when you, Whenever I've been getting into conflict with uh, folks, and it hasn't happened a lot, you know, I'm always trying to think, okay, you know, there's some compassion that we all need to have for each other um, as we're dealing with all of this stuff. I mean, it's been, you know, what, a couple of months minimum? Uh, uh, Well, about a couple of months since stuff started to have an inkling of getting real. It Um, was the second week of March, I want to say, is when uh, Oregon started kind of... Mm-hmm. taking it a little bit seriously and then uh, i want to say it wasn't until like the third or fourth week of march where the state finally just shut everything down i, I don't so, know if you remember aaron did it feel to you like i can't remember which weekend but it felt like there was just a weekend that passed <clears throat> and like boom all of a sudden it just felt real yeah yeah um so i go a lot by the school calendar because that's part of my job Um, it was during Portland's kind of spring break, Mm. um, where normally the place is a ghost town, uh, because people in Portland get out of Portland either. I mean, we're situated in such a great place where you can't, you can go 
out into nature really easily. Um, and then also people with means will do their like, you know, spring break trip out to places. And that wasn't the case. So um, that expectation of, of things not being around or people not being around uh, was, I want to say shattered <laughs> or, yeah. or just, just kind of, I was expecting, I was expecting to kind of have the city to myself like I do whenever there's school vacations yeah. and that wasn't the case. Um, and that, yeah, that kind of cemented for me, but I, I don't think it was until after that week was over where the governor did finally make the announcement that like, yeah, we're, you're not coming back from spring break. We're, yeah. we're done. We're done with the rest of the year. I had a really weird experience earlier, um, almost exactly two months ago. We're recording this on the 27th of April. Um, on the 27th of February, I started feeling sick. And there were a number of people that I worked with around that time that also got really sick. And they, in retrospect, are like, well, did I have some version of it? That's what I'm, that's what I'm curious about. Now, at the time, you know, I have a coworker whose brother lives in, uh, of all places, Wuhan, Wuhan, China. So I've been hearing about this since November, December. Right. Um, the interesting thing is, so I, I had um, the flu basically that weekend. And um, of course, when we went off to the Poconos for a cabin weekend, yay, yay, that was fun. Um, <laughs> but what was really interesting is like, oh, of course that's in it. Oh, I just caught the flu. Oh, I'm a dummy. I didn't get a flu shot this year. Of course I caught the flu. Well, now we're starting to hear that, you know, this, um, the spread of this might have happened earlier than we ever thought. And I think that there is a non-zero chance uh, that I may have had it recovered, given it to Kimberly, and she was completely non-symptomatic the entire time, which is really interesting and scary because, of course, you know, I... It's not like I walked about coughing on people or whatever, right. but you know, I, well, I you weren't necessarily doing the social distance. And, no, and, and I, I certainly didn't do a 14 day quarantine or anything right. like that. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's really fascinating. You know, it's like, you think about that. How long ago was two months ago? Two months ago was like two years ago in so many <laughs> different ways. Right. You know, I mean, it's so crazy, but you know, I mean, I also am sort of like interested in looking forward to what's, possibly to come you know uh, there's so many folks that are ready to kind of throw the doors open and do all, all sorts of other quasi irresponsible things but you know i'm start i'm trying to s- look forward to all right what can i do to do a responsible bicycle tour you know right. the cno is closed uh from a from a camping perspective so it's sort of like okay national forest so i was looking around to some of the local national forests and here on the east coast it's not like on the west coast where they're just sort of ubiquitous you kind of walk out your door trip funny and fall in and <laughs> National Forest. I'm right? in the National Forest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, wait. <laughs> Monongahela. Yeah. So out here it's harder, but there is one here in, in West Virginia, but it's it's kind of a hall to get to. It's sort of par- runs parallel with um, uh, uh, one of the national parks out here. So um, there's that, but everything is really shut down. All the trailheads are shut down, everything. Yeah. So even those are sort of taken away. So, you know, I'm starting to think about like, what is the, what are the prospects for any kind of a bicycle tour sure. in for the rest of the spring? And I'm sort of thinking that un- unless and until things really improve, I'm not sure if that's even possible, even though I think that you can, 
do adequate social distancing, you know, if you can get into the back country and if you can do things that are away from folks, I think that's responsible and possible and all of that. But it was, it was really interesting. I did see, I think it was on bike Portland. Um, but I, I, I saw some folks that were, that were arguing, Hey, even that's not cool. And I here's was going why. to ask you exactly about that. Yes. You're out there out in the general public and you could get injured and you could end up in a hospital and that takes away hospital resources. Now, I think that that was a, that was a reasonable argument to make when we were sort of um, high on the on the curve possibility because mm-hmm. resources were going to be scant and, and, and whatnot. Now that we're in a, in a flatter kind of the other side of the curve kind of thing, hospital resources aren't stretched as thin, but are they going to be like that out in whatever remote place I would be? Would I be, you know, so it, it's a reasonable argument. Um, so, but, you know, we do all sorts of, you know, the, the risk assessment is something we do all the time, but sure. I, I do, I, I do respect that argument too. So I, yeah, I would, I would be reluctant to say like, yeah, go ahead, go out, do, do whatever you need because much in the same way that, you know, Oregon had all of its uh, uh, state, campgrounds and its coasts open for the first couple of weeks um, in the sense of like, well, yes, you can go hang out there so long as you do your social distancing. The problem was nobody was they were open and because mm-hmm. everybody had opportunity, they were crowded. Yeah. All the state parks, all the state campgrounds were crowded. All the, all the coast lines were crowded. And so mm-hmm. the governor shut them down uh, so yeah, I'm reluctant to kind of like get right on board and go like, yeah, go ahead, do your do your backcountry tour so long as as you do it within these responsible. So, uh, uh, like, yeah, I think there is a bit of nuance in there. Oh, totally. It's, it's something that I I'm just kind of doing like mental gymnastics on right now. But like, have you guys noticed? Like, maybe I'll put it from my point of view. I felt like I have started on the very like cautious side of things. And then as time progresses and we learn more, I have lessened some of those cautions. Others have have remained very uh, true to me. So, like, maybe what I mean to say is that I feel like in this conversation is a very wide and hard to define gray zone. Because I think there are obviously, like, folks that would be more than capable of going out and, you know, the, the complete unforeseen disaster um not considered would would be able to get out and back just fine oh totally so it it, like it's a bit it's a bit like semantic or it's a bit um like judgmental i guess to say like i guess it just comes down like are you are you like total prep and and just you know are you a hold the line kind of person or are you like all right let's like it, it, I don't know if if I'm thirty well, percent more depressed because I didn't go on this bike trip and I'm no. at that much more risk for like self like I, I just feel like humans are humans and it's a freaking sticky mess of humanity out there right now. Yeah, I mean you got to do what you got to do. I I'm just explaining why I wouldn't totally say like yeah go ahead do whatever yeah. do yeah, whatever totally you well because or... I think all all three of us are probably wrestling with aspects of that. In, in <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, yeah, as is evinced. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got uh, 70 plus year old parents um, who, as I said here right now, and thankfully they are they, they have a similar headspace that basically until there is a vaccine, they 
cannot nor should not be exposed to anyone unnecessarily in any way, shape, or form. And that, and they know that that means that's looking like next year, potentially next fall. And yeah. that's, that's real talk. You know what I mean? And so I think about, you know, my parents and w- I don't want other people who are in a similar age group or similar, you know, have um, similar other uh, propensities to ha- get, if you catch it, it's really bad for you. You folks with, with uh, uh, immune I- I- immunodeficiencies and things along those lines. So, you know, I think about those folks and yeah, totally. how those folks are definitely going to have to be handling a quarantine, a lockdown for much sure. longer. And so, you know, what can I do as a responsible human being to not participate in anything that would uh, unreasonably increase the risk to those folks. And and that's sort of my headspace right now. And that is what always kind of brings me back um, to, you know, from, from any place where it's sort of like, Oh, fuck it. I can do whatever I want, you know? (laughs) And, and I think that, Oh, fuck it. I can do whatever I want is, is sort of this, there's this rising trend. It's a minority, but it's a rising minority. And Mm. and it's, and I just hope that, that, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of, everyone's got to handle their own thing. Um, but my, my, my real concern is that we've all worked collectively really, really hard for the last seven weeks to get to where we're at. And I really, really hope that a, a, a passionate minority of folks doesn't undo that. Right. And let's, let's go back to, to your comment on risk assessment, because this is something that has been on my mind and I kind of went off on, on, um, Anna's coworkers and even on my, uh, nieces on this it's one thing to assess the risk for yourself and to say like, okay, I'm willing to accept the risks on myself. But the problem is with something like this, that is Mm -hmm. so highly communicable, you're not just assessing and accepting a risk for yourself. You are choosing for other people who don't, aren't aware of whatever risks you're taking. Um, And I, I see that you have that in mind. And it's something that like I struggle with all the time with just even going out and just riding around town because yeah. I have to I have to ride or else I will go insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I understand like, okay, I'm out there riding, I might come into contact or get really close to people. And that's fine for me. But is it fine for those people who I come into contact with? And so I've come to try to choose roads that aren't, I'm pretty much banned greenways for myself. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, try to take roads that, that just, there's not a whole lot of people on, even if it takes me way out of the way from going from point A to point B. I mean, sometimes it's better that way anyway. Uh, It's more fun. Aaron, but. it's 2020. We've all become medical ethicists. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the, yeah. Apparently. I just read something in the post today. Uh, you know, that's that's something a douchey Washingtonian would say. Um, and, <laughs> no, do tell, do tell. And, and it was, it was, a, an op, it was a op-ed, I think, by two people who were like, hey, we, we volunteer to get exposed to coronavirus so that we can test these new vaccines and get them done quicker. And they made these remarkable arguments about uh, how this would fast forward it and all of that. And I was just sort of like, okay, well, yeah, cool. You do you, man. Um, but it was really interesting because the comment section, which I normally avoid like, <laughs> for anything. Yeah. 
but that one was that one was a hoot. You know, talk about you know medical ethics and stuff like that. It was it was just kind of a fascinating thing. So hence my hence my statement. It's 2020. We're all medical ethicists now. Yeah. Apparently, well, I mean, yeah. you you gotta be I, if you're. I, I guess you don't have to be, but like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, I'm curious. So just as a general sign, like one of the one of the things that I use to kind of keep as a metric of what's happening right now is my theoretical date of when would I do X or Y? When would mm. I when would mm. I go here and do this? When would I go there and do that? Considering, you know, all this talk about our current uh, standpoint on ethics. So I'm, I'm kind of curious for those here what uh i guess what month feels kind of like good to you right now and then hey maybe we'll get six months down the road and be like oh yep that was a fucking pipe dream um but just was just kind of curious as a meter there and i'll go first uh I, i will say late july to august feels approaching some possibilities um but it's it's kind of a day by day thing what about you Aaron? so my journey of caution is what I'm going to call it anyways. It's sort of inverse of what, what you went through Guthrie, where you were like kind of pretty chill about it and, or you were kind of like pretty ratchet down and now getting more chill, totally opposite. I was like pretty chill about it. Okay. You know, I'll maybe I'll do a camping trip or something. Um, and now like I'm really ratcheted down. I just ride my bike around my neighborhood, maybe a little bit further afield. Again, trying to avoid as many people as possible. I have no plans to like go any further than that. What the date would be for me, July, even at this point, sounds pretty lofty. Um, mm. uh, to get into a little bit more Portland current events, um, Petalpalooza I I like what they're doing where we still want to have like some sort of bike celebration for June. And we're going to, we're going to, it's going to look different. We're still going to do it. I I really appreciate that because I think both the bike community in Portland needs it. Uh, And, and two, it will help all of us, I think, model um, responsible bike fun. Mm -hmm. Were we super or, or invent it? <laughs> we, were, yeah. we were super prescient last year with podcast Palooza. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can get out there. Well, I guess it doesn't matter now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, should, I should say too, if folks aren't comfortable even stating a date, yeah, that's fine. at this point, that's totally at this fine. point, DBR, I love you very much, but unless something changes, and it's likely that it will, like. It's been kind of a, a roll of the dice every day, every week. Uh, but unless something changes fairly drastically, unless like I'm seeing numbers across the board going down, I don't think I will be joining Lads 500 this year, even mm-hmm. though it was moved to July. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I'm in a really weird headspace for all of this. Um, normally, when I'm done with a tour, I'm already starting to think about the next one. Yeah. And I am, for the first time in a decade, more, um, not thinking about when my next tour is and not, and actively not trying to figure it out because there's just no answers. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The only thing that I know that I could do in the near term would be to ride the CNO. 
um, which is great. It's there. I could, I could do it. The, the problem is, is that the campgrounds are closed and I don't know when they're going to reopen. So why bother, you know, going, oh, I'm going to go June 5th, you know? I, I, so I'm sort of actively avoiding planning for any kind of a tour because, you know, if you make plans and the date passes you by, that can, that can be, I feel like for me, at least the kind of thing that would be a, such a disappointment that it, it would be harmful to the greater, my greater mental good and all of mm. this. Yeah. But I'll mm. tell you what I've been doing. Um, the bicycle has been the, the, the source of so much of my fun, but I'm starting to find fun in the smaller things. And I, I, you know, I've got this state land that's right behind my place here. And you know what? I've got a little mountain and I get to climb it, you know, every other day with the dog. Yeah, and, right you know, on. I was like, you know what? I can go camping back here. And so the other day I was hiking around with Mookie and we're looking for a spot that was flat that that would be a good place to hike up to and then, you know, pitch the tent. And I'm like, you know what? So, you know, maybe it's not going to be bike touring in the near term. Maybe it's me kind of hiking back up there and uh, having a little dopey little adventure within, you know, a half mile walk of of my place but doing something that's outdoors and that's fun um that's legal within the context of what i can do because i don't think there's any restrictions on that land um so yeah i mean finding finding alternatives to do that now for somebody who has a bicycle touring podcast that's not exactly super great content <laughs> so but you're you just know, gonna I've have got, to pivot a little <laughs> well you know what i've got a bunch of old tour journals that have never been a part of the main stem of the pod so you know maybe i maybe i do those and be like hey let's turn the way back clock to 2015 and yeah. let's go on the on the erie canal you know yeah so maybe that's what i end up doing um and, and of course there's always stuff that i can talk about and do and you know i can talk about bikes forever so you know <laughs> Totally. Nobody's getting rid of me, but you know, for yeah. a weekly weekly pod, you know, with content that needs uh, needs filling, you know, <laughs> here we go, you know. I uh, thank you guys. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it, you know, it's just something that I kind of wonder about, and obviously, nothing that we've said here on the podcast is set in stone, lest anybody get right. that impression. Um, yeah. God, I mean, most of us are just today, if if tomorrow even. Um, so I think it's going to be that way for for a good while. Um, I've got some more stuff to talk about, but we'll, we'll catch it on the next, we'll catch it on the next episode or such. I I just realized because we were joking about life hacks, I did actually discover a life hack today (laughs) that I feel very relevant. Awesome. It's not allowed on the show. You should know that. No. So you see this here, that is a little bit of wax and that is a seal with my last name, first initial. So, you know, if you're sending a bunch of postcards to folks and you don't necessarily want to place your saliva on that postcard. You know what folks invented a long oh. time ago? Oh, holy shit. There's a little bit of seal and a little bit of wax. And that's how I've been rolling. So that's my life hack for today. Nice. So buy a custom wax sealer and get some wax <laughs> as opposed to using your saliva to seal an envelope. Okay, good life hack. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Hey, you know, the first the first couple. All right. I think it's hack. the other way around, <laughs> actually. Isn't cleaning, it? It's like I was cleaning out missing my your wax and your sealer. Use your tongue. You know, <laughs> I actually so check it out. Don't use your tongue. The first no. the first few I sent out, uh, I used water and a Q-tip because like that's just how I care for yeah. you. This yes, is like a reverse so life hack. Uh, <laughs> folks, not Tim, to... It's uh, going to come full circle. It's going to come full circle. Hey, not to commandeer this show that, uh, you know, I'm so comfortable with I can commandeer. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. we're two minutes away from a Sprocket Shift Happier. We are. Yeah. And I just, I know, I know 
we don't have time for this, but I really want to talk about Disneyland and bikes. Oh shit! Well, yeah, we can do it on the happy hour. Yeah, all let's right. do that. We gotta, we gotta. That's our first subject. Uh, all right. Do you want to do the <laughs> okay. outro while we have two minutes left, Aaron? Let's do this. All right. Outro. The Sprocket Podcast is produced here at home, thanks to our patreon supporters and listeners our website is the sprocketpodcast.com our email is the sprocketpodcast at gmail.com call or text 503-847-9774 thanks to ryan j lane for our theme music oh wait twitter and instagram sprocket podcast hurt bird for our headline sounder <laughs> marcus norman for graphic design and thanks to our sustaining donors. Shout out to Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wisinski, Tim Mooney. Oh, wait, he's here on the show. Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Wise, Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's, who's a, a time, time traveler? traveler, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, whose button I'm wearing, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, uh, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder. Anna, who is right here. Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Straw on the screen. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regreenery. Campsite, Macnus David, Nathan Poulton. Rory in Michigan, Michael Flournoy, Jeremy Kitchen. Oh, whoops. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, <laughs> Tim Coleman. Harry Hugo, EJ Finner, and Brad Hapewell. Thomas Gato, Keith, Hutch- Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom. Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore, Todd Grosbeck, also thanks for the pins, Chris Barron, Chris, Chris Barron, Chris, Chris Barron. Barron, Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite, Ryan Morrow, Dude Luna, Matthew Rooks, Marshall, Paula at Funatake Cyclecraft. Philip M. Spartan Dale, no relation. Mr. T, who never really left. Bike Initiative Keweenaw, Sarah G. Adam D, go dig a hole. Enjoyed the happy hour on Friday. Mm-hmm. Beth Hammond. Greg Murphy, Myra Martinez, Oso. Isaac M, David C, our newest donor, 503, and all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now wash our hands. And. Go to bed. Go to bed. What about that? Yes. Hey, we're late for our happy hour. Stay inside. Go stay inside. We're late for our happy hour. Bye. Peace out. Thanks, All right, see you guys there. Hello, everybody. Welcome. And thank you for coming. Uh, We are sorry we are late. Uh, We just uh, wrapped up the recording of a future episode of the Sprocket Podcast, which is super exciting. Um, and we are, we have a topic because we ran out of time because we act too much. So, uh, we're going to start off the show once we get everybody in here, uh, to continue a question, uh, from, uh, the other folks on the Sprocket side of things of me, since I am still technically a guest of their show. So that's how we're going to open up the show. But, uh, I really excited to have you all here. Thank you for joining. I, it seems like this is working. Let's see who we have gotten here. Uh, JT. Hello, Misha. Hello, Misha LeBlanc from Canada. Uh, Doug, hello. Byron from Down Under. We got an international flair. Mark Spooner, hello. Thanks for joining. We should hopefully have the other folks in here relatively soon. Uh, the general ground rules, of course, here is we uh, go for 40 minutes until 
Zoom comically kicks us off, which it does every single time. Um, the uh, the other folks from the Sprocket podcast should be joining us soon. Um, curious, um, we'll open it up with what am I drinking? Tonight's a whiskey kind of night, folks. That's all I have to say. I'll leave it at that. Um, it's uh, it's been it's been it's been a weekend, and it's been a it's already been a day and a week. So here we are with all of that. Um, as I mentioned, uh, folks from the Sprocket, we they did a. Uh, 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 the episode, I believe, uh, that'll be coming out maybe this coming week. So if you want to hear more of our yammering about all things uh, uh, bicycle touring and uh, coronavirus related, we uh, talked all about that. So um, tonight's uh, topic is school night. And um, I think that uh, once we get everybody else in the room, I wanna, just want to see. Oh, I see Guthrie. Hello, sir. Larry, hello. hello. Welcome. Let's see here. I think we're going to be waiting on Aaron to get in here eventually. But Guthrie, uh, how are you doing tonight? I am doing swell. It's, it's nice been to see seconds. Everyone. Hey, I love the... Okay, I'm going to mess up the Star Trek version, but who has the Star Trek background there? Byron from Down Under, it looks like. <laughs> hey, Byron. Nice. I love it. Hey, we're we're all doing the star <laughs> theme tonight. <laughs> I don't know if people are doing that because I'm putting Tatooine up in my background, but I don't know. I do I do have the Millennium Falcon as an option, but it's on my other computer, sadly. So then we could like, you know, have our, our, our deck battles there, Byron. But uh let's see here. So Guthrie, um uh, you you were I guess it was Aaron who wanted to ask me the uh opening question, but um since the theme of uh, tonight is school night, I uh I'm curious. I, I figured I would leave this open to interpretation. Uh, what is your sort of interpretation of uh, w- the idea? Is what are we doing these days on school nights? You know, whether it's a work night or a school night, or maybe you have that still, maybe you don't. But what's your interpretation? What are you doing on a school night these days? Doing on a school night? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I guess I'll answer in kind of two parts. One that I am doing personally, and one. Uh, maybe that's just kind of a fill-in from an educator who's a part of my life and what she's doing. Uh, my cousin is a elementary school teacher down in Berkeley, California. And so one of the big things that she's usually doing on school nights is um, connecting with students. There's been a huge transition to the digital medium for school resources and education. And one of the big struggles that they've been having is... Um, Connecting with students and just kind of crossing that digital barrier. So many of her nights are occupied with helping students troubleshoot, helping them get online, finding out what is that thing that is uh, blocking them from being able to participate in this digital conversation. So uh, I guess uh, first off, I just want to give a huge shout out to all of our educators out there who are making it work during these times. Um, That is an exceptionally crucial role within you know, society, and especially during these times, um, I cannot express enough my appreciation for those that are helping make it work. Um, On the second part of things, more of a school night for me is just continuing my self-education journey. Um, I don't know how many folks here know, but I recently transitioned into a programming slash web development position away from working at a bike shop about a year ago. So a lot of what I do is involved in that. Um, but I'm also, the word I've come to, 
to go with is autodidactic. Uh, and basically, I am self-taught as much as I can be, and I have a lot of different interests, so I tend to ping around. Um, but a lot of my schooling has been recently reading the book Horizon by Barry Lopez, uh, who talks a lot about his experiences um, from an ecology and from an anthropology, archaeology, and, and more of just a humanist sense of um, trying to mesh past with present and those who've come before us. Um, but I've also been schooling myself on some gardening. Um, I sent a bunch of letters out last week to some friends, and one of my friends in Salem has a really great garden going. So he actually sent me about a pound of seeds, and I have been diving into permaculture, uh, which is something that I had a lot of uh, fascination with and was a large part of the curriculum back when I was in college. Uh, but we got permission from our landlords, and I'm very excited to start applying some of the permaculture principles to creating a garden in the backyard. Uh, not a victory garden, per se, uh, but maybe a COVID garden at the least. I love it. I was, I was expecting a, an answer of, I'm drinking a lot more. Well, I do also have some uh, vodka with me, but well, you know, that is where it is. <laughs> that's that, that, that's just, I, I mean, I do have to say that's that's a really fantastic uh, and sophisticated answer to a question that, um, you know, honestly, I mean, I think that that so many of us are, are, are finding. Oh, hello, Aaron. Hello. Good to see you, sir. <laughs> hello. Um, I, I was I was about to do more of my soft shoe, waiting for you to to come in. We were do, doing the, uh, the the basic question of you know what are you doing differently on a school night, and and my answer is is basically I'm finding I'm staying up later, even though I have to wake up and I still have a, an office job that I'm uh, I'm uh, coming to at nine in the morning, but I'm sleeping less because I'm doing these. Sometimes I'm doing these crazy things, but sometimes I'm just staying up stupid late. Um, I am definitely uh, eating way worse than I should, and I'm drinking way more uh, than I have. Like I, I'm normally not much of a huge drinker, but like you know, my my cocktail kind of situation has been uh, my cocktail game has been at weekend levels during the weekday for a very long time. Um, so uh, I'm curious, what are you, what are you doing, Aaron? I mean, you're what because you're. Well, tell tell me what what do, what do you work in a school system? So, what's your interpretation of what are you doing differently on school nights? I work within a school system. Yes. Uh, what am I doing differently? Uh, I'm eating later. Is the biggest difference. Uh, I can't say I'm staying up significantly later. I'm definitely sleeping in. But for me, sleeping in is getting up at six a.m. instead of four a.m. Um, I, I guess I stay up a little bit later, but that's not very significant. What is very significant for me is that I wait forever, sometimes even like an hour before I have to go to sleep or before I'm tired enough to go to sleep to make my dinner or make dinner with my partner. Um, and I think it's just because there's this lack of pressure. Yeah. To, to get anything done. Normally I would have my my dinner pretty much done and made by like 7 p.m. And, uh, you know, I, I don't like going to bed with a lot of food in my stomach. You know, I like to kind of have all that digested. This is really sounding weird, but 
anyways, all that to say is that's the biggest difference of what we, I'm doing on a school night. We all live in a much smaller space <laughs> than we ever really thought about. So like, yeah. honestly, what seems like a mundane topic, actually, no, seriously. I, I mean, that's that's like the, the world, the universe that we live in. So yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you for sharing that. Brock Dittis, sir. I, I see that you were here. I'm going to unmute you. Can you Hi. hear us? Hello, sir. Yes. Can, hi there. <laughs> you caught me uh, hefting a table off of the top of a vehicle. Of course we have. Like a man. Like a, like know, a man. Is Salem, still, well. <laughs> is Salem still not so bad? It is not so bad. That is fantastic. Uh, I mean, depends on how you feel about guys with enormous remote-controlled cars speeding them down your, your uh, street, but... Is That'll the car anyway. enormous or is the remote control enormous? Or is the gentleman oh. enormous? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just it's imagine like this, this guy with the giant console. There's uh yeah, there's an inverse proportion, I'm sure, uh, one or the <laughs> other or something. I don't Yeah. But uh you guys will be happy to know I still have not sorted out my pile of bikes or hung any of them on the wall. How many bikes are we talking here? Uh, uh, there, uh, I'd say, let me count them. Uh, seven. You have seven bikes amongst your well, entire family, I assume, right? I'm a one bike kind of guy, much like Guthrie. Uh, unless Guthrie, is that change? I forget. Not yet. Nope. I'm Not still yet. a one okay. bike fellow. <laughs> okay. Soon yeah. enough. Um, soon enough, you'll join the fold. No, two of my big bikes can't be hung because the tall bike is just as big, tall as it is long, I think. And uh, then the tandem doesn't work well hanging vertically either. So really I've just got four bikes, uh, one of which is mine to ride. Uh, and then my legacy frame, which I saved to put up somewhere, either in the garage or in the attic. I haven't decided yet, but there's a lot of bikes in the pile still. My bike, the uh, green goblin, the Portland, my Portland bike has moved. My uh, brother has uh, sold a home and purchased a home within all of this nonsense that's going on right now. So my, my, my bike now lives where it should in Southeast Portland, as opposed to Northeast Portland. No disrespect to Northeast Portland, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I perhaps I, famously, perhaps infamously lived in Selwood back in the day. So I, I am at heart a Southeast Portland guy, and uh, my brother has now moved uh, not far from uh, Mount Scott Park. So you know, there's a. It, it, it is with a, a, a joyful heart that I say that the Green Goblin now lives in Southeast. <laughs> yeah, Guthrie, did you ever live in Southeast? I have lived in Southeast. Okay, so all of us have All of us have lived. Yes. Everywhere. Someday I look forward to revisiting my my old bike, but I don't (laughs) know when that's going to be. Um, Hey, everyone, we uh, recorded an episode of the Sprocket podcast, and you are in a unique position. You are going to hear the continuation of that. because we Aaron have to well no Aaron Aaron had some questions for me about my 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 bicycling adventure and I think that you know uh it might be I, I think folks might be interested who are here on this I mean if you're staying up this late for it or you're getting up early hello Byron um you know uh, uh fire away uh, this is going to be the addendum to the podcast that you haven't heard yet all right first off I I want to point out Tim you are your your background is is Tatooine Yes. And uh, Byron's background here is, uh, I believe that's the Next Generation Enterprise. Uh, is that Enterprise um, C or D? I, D, I'm, that would be. I believe that would be D. If I, could, if I could nerd out for a second. So that's Enterprise <laughs> D. Uh, so you two are going to have to have some kind of reckoning here because we got Star Wars and Star Trek. And that's not a consistent universe. Uh, it's not. 
we'll deal with that, I guess, later on. I was so, telling you, Byron earlier that I have the Fal the Millennium Falcon, but it's on a different computer. So, <laughs> uh, so my question was was just you you took your Brompton down to Florida. I did, um, and you went to Disneyland. Did the Brompton ride through Disneyland? Disney World, by the way. Sorry. Disney World, Disney yes. World. Uh, uh, actually, it's Disney World. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I I actually him uh, on the on the uh, <laughs> podcast earlier, so I, I had to uh, actually him here on this. Yes. Yeah. So um, the the Brompton did come to Disney World. In fact, the Brompton had a really interesting voyage there. Um, it did not ride per se it did however go between two different disney resorts which i think is kind of fascinating and interesting but as i said as i said on the on the podcast disney world is a terrible place to bicycle um <laughs> there are a couple of places where you can do it there are actually some really kind of beautiful trails that are a part of the campground area there uh near fort wilderness that i once did a bicycle ride in and um this is some 90s trivia here's a name many of you won't know unless i do the the uh, uh the sound effect to it i ran into nancy kerrigan uh when i was bicycled back there in the 90s do you not remember who nancy kerrigan is let me tell you <laughs> okay, Portland I think, people. I get think this. most people will remember Nancy Kerrigan from uh, playing opposite of uh, Margot Robbie. Was it? Yep, she that, played. Yes. Yeah, it, it was fascinating. It was right after all of that. She was hired by Disney, and this was a huge scandal. She, oh, yeah. uh, she. This was probably the day before everything went down, and totally pretty. Like she was, she was America's sweetheart. She had been attacked, and the, the whole ice skating thing. This is Nancy all the Kerrigan. Thing. Yeah, Nancy yeah. Kerrigan was. Yeah. And, you know, apparently the next day on the Disney parade, she was filmed being not so charitable to what yes. was going on. And yes. that sort of just ended her, you know, America's is, Sweetheart kind this of This is thing. so awful. This is so embarrassing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, and yeah. it probably was, let's be honest. But in any event, um, yeah. yeah, so I've bicycled those trails. But the Brompton did not, in fact, do much riding. Um, but I brought it down, you know, as I talked about on the podcast, the idea was I wanted to do something that was fun and bike related because normally when I do a bike tour I'll do a bike tour as the centerpiece and I'll find some other fun things that are on the side and on this trip I wanted to start it off with this big fun thing which was to go fly the damn Millennium Falcon which I did um, and I'm super <laughs> grateful that I did it in February which now seems like a thousand years ago but was only a few weeks literally before Jester's Broadly all of this happened um, but yeah you know it, it, the Brompton was critical for all of this because because Disney is not a very bike friendly place, because I had to fly there, all of the logistics of getting a bike to a place where I wanted to start a bike tour, the Brompton was perfect for it. You know, I flew Southwest. Oh, yeah. You remember Southwest Airlines? Oh, I believe yeah. they're still in business. Um, you know, you know, I can get because they all fly the same type of jet. I could get. Did the you Brompton. get it on the plane? Always. Southwest <laughs> is great for that. Um, and, you and to achieve that level, by the way. Absolutely. So, you know, I got the bike down there and and it, I had to, because I kept expanding the trip because I was like, oh, I'm just going to go down for a day. No, 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 no. So I ended up doing two hotel days and all of this kind of a thing. And because it was sold out at the time, I had to go, I had to transfer hotels. Disney actually 
took and I and I trusted Disney on this. I trusted that mouse to take my bike <laughs> first mistake. while I was go flying the Falcon at the at the the Star Wars themed land uh, uh, to to take my bike and bring it to the second hotel uh, place that was also a Disney area as well and uh, or Disney Resort and it worked out great and it worked out perfectly. There were some hiccups in there. It's like mm-hmm. uh, there were some delays, but it all ended up working out. And of course, you know, I had the bike. It was in my hotel room when I got back. And the next day I packed it all up and I took a, a lift. Mm-hmm. I, I got a lift driver to take yeah. me to a, not very far away, but to the, the most reasonable place where I could start the trip that was based on last year's ride. And it all ended up working out really well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that I would do bring a bike to Disney World to bike at Disney World, but it was a great place to have as a centerpiece for a bike tour. So I thought that was all pretty yeah. good. I, May I, have I to, ask a question? I, I was just going to say, Brock, you have raised your hand. I, did, <laughs> I, I, was, I was not aware that one could do that until I saw <laughs> this big blinking icon on my screen that said Brock Dittis <laughs> is raising his hand. So. Please, of course, sir, he would be—he would be the one to figure it out. Please, sir, I, I invite <laughs> you to to uh, continue. Yes, no, I just wanted to know for the Millennium Falcon, would you say that you found it to be laterally stiff yet vertically compliant? Um, here's the interesting thing about this ride that I learned subsequently, and why I I am now so damn upset that I wasn't able to go to Disneyland, which I was planning to do as a piece of my California mm. ride, which we talked about on this rock podcast that you can listen to last week. You're now hearing part two of a podcast, which you haven't listened to yet. Anyways, um, there is Chewbacca mode on that ride. Chewbacca mode, you ask, what could that possibly be? Apparently, if you get the people, the six people who ride this ride to do button shifts and and lever shifts in a particular way, the ride changes. Instead of having uh, um, uh, another Star Wars character that is super obscure, nobody knows except for me, uh, be the the voice that you hear on the ride, you hear Chewbacca screaming at you for flying the Falcon poorly. And I was so excited to be able to do that, sadly. Sadly, was not it. So yeah, just if you want to if you want to find out more about it, go onto YouTube and go uh, smuggler uh, smugglers run Chewbacca mode, and you mm. can see how you have to do it. I'm I, and I have to think if the nerds that designed this ride created a Chewbacca mode, Lord knows there must be other modes. So I'm super excited someday down the ride down the road when that is there. So anyways, just curious, uh, did they have the Wilhelm scream any anywhere present within that experience? Explain. <laughs> What is a Wilhelm scream? So the I feel Wilhelm like I'm a... scream is a bit of an it's Easter egg. That oh, comes from is a... that the? Ah! Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, <laughs> and I know what you're talking. I didn't know that was the name of it. Yep, so yep. for folks who are who who don't know what that is, there is an age-old scream, and you will hear it in so many movies. Once you hear it for the first time, ninety-nine percent have heard it many times. Undoubtedly, ninety-nine percent invisible did an entire podcast on this, and I don't know Guthrie if that's where you were introduced to it. It was where I was made aware of it, but now I hear it in everything. I hear it in every episode of Clone Wars, which I've been binging uh, throughout all of this. It is it if uh, if somebody's got the opportunity to find the link to that show to the ninety-nine percent invisible and throw it in the chat box, please do because it is one of the uh, one of uh, the best episodes of that but you will never not hear that again it goes back to some really old black and white movies like bogart era yeah. kind of movies yeah, it's it, it goes way back it's it's crazy i'm so glad you brought that up uh, i just did a quick uh, youtube search and the first 
in this compilation dates back to 1953. I'm so I'm surprised it's not further back it, than that. It might be even further back. There it is. There it goes. Ah! <laughs> and you know what? Now that you've heard it, you will never not hear it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just love that effect. I, it's one of my favorite things watching movies when they when they put that in there. It's yeah, the reward for paying attention. Absolutely, folks. I feel like that we have exhausted uh, my Star Wars stuff and my school night stuff. So I feel like we need to uh, kick it all out to you. Um, uh, the, the theme of tonight is school night. You know, um, what are you, what are you what are you doing during the week? That maybe before Jester's Broadly, all of this happened. I- I'm curious. Does anybody uh, anybody want to kind of throw their two cents in? Byron, come on. I'm going to unmute you. <laughs> a because I'm I'm a sucker for an Aussie accent. B you you always bring the good stuff. What what, what do you got? Good eye, mate. No. <laughs> I love it. How's it going? <laughs> um, I it's currently just after lunch here, t- just after twelve thirty. So I'm currently trying not to make too much noise because my wife's teaching uni students. <laughs> Good for her, man. But in the evenings, I we're getting into autumn now, so I've set up a trainer in the garage so that I can ride when it's getting a bit too wet um, and getting dark, that sort of thing. Outside of that, um, computer games are a little bit of a. Uh, addiction now that coronavirus is locking us in that's that's very difficult to avoid what are you playing lately uh a bit of minecraft oh oh, okay okay very old school Um, is it is it minecraft with rtx on no oh okay i've I've, uh my entire computer is eight years old so (laughs) um no just yeah having, having lots of fun with that watching watching uh, lots of stuff with my wife and, um, yeah, trying to socialize with some friends through the internet. Got it. Got it. Uh, winter in Australia, it, you, there's no snow to speak of down there. What, 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 what was your winter situation like down there? Uh, it gets down to probably just above freezing most, most nights. Gets to about sort of five degrees, so probably 10 Fahrenheit most uh, What's that, 40? 42. In the 40s most nights. Here's your trick. Double it and add 32. Yeah. Um, so Which is so weird. <laughs> Fahrenheit is so weird. <laughs> There's only two two snowfields in Australia um, that are generally you know, used as snowfields and fully set up. Yeah, it's it get, it's get, gets cold enough that you need winter gear for cycling um, if you want to do a bike tour. And the rest of the year, you just don't need that gear, so no one has it. <laughs> so it's actually oh. harder than um, uh, than I was expecting, unless you go really far north, um, and then it's balmy, twenty eight, thirty degree, uh, which is what eighties, nineties Fahrenheit. So really nice. Uh, it's just got to the end. I keep getting reminders. Two years ago, I was doing a bike tour this week, listening to both. Oh of wow! <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm <you>. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say we're honored, but uh, yes. We're honored and we're sorry, you know. But I um, dedicated one day to actually finding where you said, don't don't ever use that. Oh. <laughs> oh, do, have we ever told the story of that? I found uh, it. I oh, you found the, the episode that it, that it originated. Yeah, it's, it's, in, um, it's in one of the episodes of the Sprocket. I've got it saved somewhere. 
Uh, I think it was the second or third appearance. That um, sounds about ooh, right. That's way back, yeah. The, the funniest thing about that was that it was at an event that was a, a, a fundraiser. It was at, it was at, at uh, the XOXO, XOXO event, yeah, and so the the the, the for for many years for a few years at least you are oh it really is it, that yeah. was the beginning of the uh, uh, the trailer uh, where where that was yes. the studio for a while and it was inside a space and I, if I recall correctly uh, Brock you were kind of uh, doing a hey how, here's here's how podcasting works kind of a thing and I was kind of sitting in on that and, and uh, we were we were fooling around and you were talking about, yeah, we don't have a sounder for the calendar events. And he's like, I don't think there's any music at all. There's no song for, uh, for, about for calendars, right? saying calendars. I'm like, are you crazy? Haven't you ever heard of? And then of Neil course, I, yeah. I, I famously started singing like an idiot realized about four notes in that, Oh, these assholes are going to use this on their podcast. Right. And, and then things on record. And then That's I the critical mistake, you know, that was the, the critical of like, Oh, Oh, I should stop. But really you shouldn't stop. You should go for it. And thinking, you know, Hey, these are my friends. They, <laughs> they respect my wishes. You know, if I just request simply and say, Hey, you know, don't, don't ever use that, that it will never show up. But, yeah. You know, reasonable like that. Yeah. What a bunch of assholes. <laughs> and then the rest was history. All fair and love or that's right. That that that's us in a nutshell. That's all right. I've just shown up on 150 <laughs> episodes of the Sprocket podcast, but just by doing that. We need some more patches, I think. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're going to have to have more patches. Uh, <laughs> uh, for those of you who are, who are just joining, uh, I was on. I did my 13th appearance on the Sprocket podcast just a few minutes ago, and that will be uh, next week's show, Brock. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Is or that a right? couple oh, weeks from yeah. now? Something it's the soon. One we just recorded. So. Uh, sorry, it'll be in two because we in haven't two weeks. put out Beeline yet. There you Sam, go. Right? Oh, right. Actually, we just dropped Beeline. It came out last night. Okay. Okay, yeah, so it'll right. be in a week and change, which is roughly about a year and a half. So <laughs> under current coronavirus yeah. stuff. <laughs> under current timeline. And, under current timeline. Time. Yeah. Uh, folks, we are under seven minutes into our until our comical cutoff by uh, by the uh, the powers that be at Zoom. I'm curious, uh, uh, Byron. Thank you for sharing. I really appreciate that. That was that was excellent. Anybody else who who else has got uh, stuff that they would like to share about? What are you doing differently during gestures broadly all of this uh, uh, on a school night? Who's who's and raise raise your hand and and uh, hold on. I got to go to all screen because we got enough people. Nobody wants to share. Somebody's going to share. What do we got? JT, my man, I'm unmuting you. There we go. Oh, I had you. Now you're unmuted. Hello. So I, I this is not necessarily COVID related, but I had something kind of funny that happened yesterday. I went on a tour last summer in Alaska, and I, I went from north to south. So at the end of April, I shipped provisions for two of us. Uh, bear cans, uh, spray uh, horns, and and food, dehydrated food and whatnot, to a bunch of places. And one of the destinations was uh, Dead Horse, which is up on the top near the Dalton Highway, on the top of the Dalton. Well, when we got to Dead Horse, nothing, the package didn't go through. And so we had to scramble and get some half-assed provisions put together and some some stuff shipped up from uh, Fairbanks so that we could have a stove and some stuff to cook in and get going. We had to spend an extra day up in dead horse, but yesterday my package of provisions came home. 
Nice. <laughs> so the U.S. Postal Service, um, almost a year, almost a year to the day, uh, sent me back all of my uh, dehydrated. Wow. Someone in the uh, dead letter office was really on their game or really serious about their job at that at that I place. Somebody nicked it. Huh. It's like a COVID uh, nineteen care package. You know, now yeah. you've got now you've got your, oh. uh, your your safety box. I have like two yeah. weeks of peak refuel now, so I'm in, I'm in really good shape. You were an unintentional prepper. It was like a, a 2019 prepper time machine. <laughs> I love unintentional it. prepper. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna get that website right now. Unintentionalprepper.com. It's mine, people. <laughs> <laughs> what was in there that? you were like kind of saving as a treat for your tour that you're glad that you have in there. Cause I know everybody who sends things ahead of time, there's always like one or two things that they like have. Yeah. So I, I, I dehydrate a lot of my own food. So I had some green chili in there. That's really good. Ooh. But the best is dehydrated apples in um, blood orange juice. So you, you cut the apples real thin and uh, you put them in blood orange juice so they don't discolor, but it also makes them sweet. And then you dehydrate them, and um, that's like awesome energy food. Huh. So I did break into one of those and kind of sweeten the pot a little bit. That's fantastic. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. I re- <laughs> Unintentional prepper. That, that's, that's, uh... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going to remember that for a while. That's for darn true. JT, thank you so much for, uh, oh, for sharing that. One more thing. Oh, yeah, go ahead. If anybody needs a, an MSR stove, uh, let me know because I have two because I had to <laughs> one up for <laughs> Got some whisper light action going version. on. It's brand new, unused. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it, it, it's sort of, you know, keep it in the box, man. It'll, it'll retain its value longer, you know? Yeah. Sorry. That's, that's a nerdy sci-fi thing. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> thanks. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I appreciate it. All right, uh, folks, we are uh, under three minutes. So uh, maybe this is the time for us to say our usual goodbyes and then we can keep talking and get comically removed from all of this. Folks, thanks so much for joining. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to try to do this, you know, on the kind of the weekly-ish basis uh, as we go along. But tonight, tonight, uh, tonight was kind of a fun uh, uh, school night uh, vibe of this. Aaron, uh, what, what do you got for uh, your, your final takeaways here and your goodbyes? Um, I got nothing. I got Blackwater uh vegan wings coming to me in any minute now i was actually hoping they would interrupt this and i would i would show the bike courier deliver uh better than fire on the mountain uh vegan wings have you had them those are really good i have fire on the mountain is i haven't tried these yet so as yeah, a, I do love fire as a milk. Western New Yorker who can can declare things that are good wings or bad wings. Fire on the mountain is legit. I'm just saying, uh, Brock Dennis, sir, what do you got? We are under a minute. I am seeing the bottom of your nose. I think that you <laughs> oh. have frozen. No, wait, there you are. I'm sorry. We're saying good night. Say good night, Gracie. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Best <laughs> ending of a show ever. Wait, Guthrie, Guthrie, save us, save us. I've got a couple of postcards, and if you want me to send you stickers that look like this, email thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com, and I will do my best to get them your way.
And if you email similar requests to uh, pedalshift at pedalshift.net, you will get nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. <laughs> so do yourself a favor and email Guthrie. I am going to pester you so much for sticker requests now. All right. For me? Yeah. I, I, that would require me to actually get more stickers printed. So. <laughs> I kept thinking that I would redesign the logo, but I don't know. I can't be bothered with all of that. Folks, thanks so much for joining. This is now where we're going to do uh, more riffing until our comic uh, uh, comic kickoff, which is usually done any second now. So, so I gotta what's the deal that was my with neighbor. Airplane? Thank you for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you for joining. Uh, yeah, thanks we appreciate it. Joining. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. And and from near and from far, from uh, you know, the deck of the Enterprise to Tatooine to wherever Mordor. Good lord. I think a lot of people uh need to uh, pitch themselves as guests for our podcast sometime. I'm hearing cool <laughs> stories that we need to hear more yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Can you guys see that? Oh what do we got we got something else. Is that a DS9? Star Trek game? Oh, nice. Oh, we got kicked off. We got kicked off. <laughs> well, there's that.